new CBS Monday. Federal agents! Here's where we can see them. NCIS Hawaii is back. Time to set it up! New criminals to catch. Armed robbery, aggravated assault, murder. And new investigations to be solved. These guys were good, but even masters make mistakes. Vanessa Lachey and featuring LL Cool J. Violent Island, you got him. Welcome to paradise. A new NCIS Hawaii, Monday, 10, 9 central on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus. You deserve the truth. The enemy is at our gates. The fight for humanity. I look at your faces. I do not see defeat. No! And I do not see surrender. It's far from over. You will not make that stand alone. We have something the enemy does not. We have heroes. Halo. New season now streaming. Exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Welcome back, everybody, to another edition of the Auburn Undercover Podcast on the 24-7 Sports Network. Christian Clemente here, joined live uh, by Jason Caldwell. We're live on YouTube right now. So, guys, if, you, if you're watching this on YouTube and you're not subscribed already, if you're listening to this as a podcast or whatever, definitely make sure to come check us out on YouTube and subscribe so that way you all can be aware when we're going live. I think we're going to try and make this weekly, bi-weekly, something, um, try and do a recruiting pod live. I think it's a great opportunity to talk with you all and just answer your questions because we can talk all day, but people that are listening are the most important part. We want to we wanna answer what you all want to hear. So with that being said, the guys that are watching right now, drop whatever questions you have in the chat. Obviously, the main focus is recruiting, but we can talk Auburn football as well. We were out there at practice today, a couple big guys back at practice. Um, if you want that news, it's over at auburnundercover.com. Jason, I think we'll start. It's been a relatively busy recruiting past week or so, maybe. Uh, I'm trying to think when Jalewis Solomon decommitted. I think it was last Tuesday as well. So I think it's been back-to-back Tuesdays where Auburn had a guy in the secondary decommit, although today's news with Jaden Lewis decommitting wasn't necessarily a huge surprise, and it's something we've kind of alluded to. You alluded to it, I think, in your mailbag last week, mm-hmm. um, as this was one where uh, senior season, evaluation season, sometimes schools decide to move on a little bit. Yeah, no, I, I think you look and um, you start to think about, especially for a first-year staff, how things go um, in recruiting. And, and so you you evaluate based on junior film, you know, based on getting to know guys, and then you know, you, you see, okay, how, how, how is this translated to senior and on the field? Because you really just get to know guys a little bit. And so I think, I think there's going to be some movement. There's going to be some things that have gone on. We've already seen a little bit of that. And it's just kind of normal, I think, nowadays in recruiting because decisions are made so early. Things are so fluid. Things change. And a lot of it comes to depending on, okay, what's the numbers look like? You know, how is it, how has it worked in terms of maybe, okay, maybe we need a little bit more experience. Maybe we're going to go portal instead of high school in some spots. So there's a lot of moving parts when you start talking about recruiting classes now. It's just it's just so much different than it was even five years ago. And so, um, you know, guy that I think is a good football player, I think Jay Lewis is going to be fine. I think he'll find a good home. Uh, just, uh, you know, for him at Auburn, I think it didn't just wasn't going to work out here, uh, especially, in, you know, kind of getting, getting this feeling now the last couple of weeks. Yeah, uh, that actually leads me to this question in the chat from AU All Day. Um, how do you all feel about guys like KJ Bolden, Zaquan Patterson, and Ryan Williams? We're going to talk about Ryan Williams later, so we'll save that one. But Jason, sticking at the safety position, you know, 
that's kind of where Jaden Lewis fit. You know, he was saying might be a cornerback. I think he was always more of a safety. Um, and I think Auburn decided really liked Kensley Faustin, really liked what he brings there as a commitment. But then they decided to move on to some other guys. Now that you see Jaden Lewis um, off the board for Auburn, guys like Caleb Harris, guys like Juco safety, Laquan Robinson. Both of those guys are going to be on campus this weekend. Laquan Robinson will be an official visit. Um, I have a crystal ball in for both of them. And I think there's a good chance that both of them could commit this weekend. Uh, and then I don't think they would be done at safety. To AU all day's question, I think they would still really like to add maybe one more guy in KJ Bolden or Zaquan Patterson. Um, Jason, just your thoughts. I think I think it's possible you could land one of those guys. I'm still not entirely sold on landing either one of them, but I am pretty sold on landing Laquan Robinson and uh, Caleb Harris here in the near future. Yeah, I agree. I, I think I think both of those in-state guys. He, you know, Laquan's from Greenville, obviously Caleb Harris is from Thompson there in Alabaster. I, I think I'd feel good about Auburn with both of those guys. You're right, though. You look now, and and this I, do, I just talked about it from a perspective of, of a guy like Jane Lewis. You know, you know, no longer committed. I, we're going to see movement from those top guys. I wouldn't be shocked at all to see, you know, you know, one or both of those guys decide to go somewhere else before it's all said and done. And I think Auburn's in the picture. Um, you know, there's a need in the secondary. You look at the 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 age and experience that Auburn's going to be losing out of the secondary this year, and it, it becomes a big deal. And so. They signed a, a big secondary group last year. Feel good about those guys, but it's it's a spot where you, you're talking about, you know, you know, playing five guys probably 75 percent of the snaps, maybe 80 percent of the snaps. So you start talking about, do you fit at nickel? Do you fit it at corner? I mean, you know, you think about KJ Bolden as a guy that could probably play could play nickel if you need him to, and do some of those things. Um, Kinsley Faustin could probably play nickel, and so there's there's some guys. Uh, Laquan Robinson, as Anthony Rudd said, Laquan Robinson and Caleb Harris are both probably physical Zion Puckett kind of downhill, bigger safeties. I, I think that's where they probably both fit in, in that scheme. And so, um, yeah, I mean, th- there's there's an opportunity and options there, I think, for them to, to still recruit those guys. And obviously Ron Williams and Cam Coleman, guys that are committed, they're going to continue to recruit. Uh, and so I think they'll have a shot at some of those guys here down the stretch. Yeah, Jason, before we get to some of these other questions, like Ryan Williams, someone wants to know about LJ McCray. That's a good one as well. Um, I, I think we need to go to Jordan Crawford um, second. I think that's only fair. Um, the 2025 defensive lineman out of Parker. Kind of a surprise commitment yesterday on Monday. Caught us off guard a little bit. We thought Auburn was leading. Thought Auburn was really the team to beat, and it's really been that way for a while. Um, it was more so just the timing of it, I guess, when the news actually came out, where it was a little bit of a surprise. And, I don't know if that was by design by him or by Auburn, or if it, you know he just decided, hey, right now is the right time. But comes at an opportune time to help lick the wounds a little bit, I guess you could say, after three straight losses um, on the field. But that 2025 class is really starting to take shape. You look at the four commitments; they're all in the trenches right now. You have Jordan Crawford, probably a nose guard, can shift around a little bit, but he's an interior guy all the way. And then you've got Malik Autry. The end, shift inside a little bit. Caleb Falk, maybe a linebacker, but probably more of a jack linebacker. And then you've got Spencer Dolan there on the offensive line. So this was a pretty nice addition, especially when you consider the guys that he's teammates with. Yeah, no, it's uh, this is a, a big physical guy. that He has 11 sacks, so he has the ability to create pressure and, and get after the quarterback, which is a big deal when you look at a kid that's you know, 6'1", 6'1 300 pounds, just turned 16 years old um, just a couple of weeks ago. And so, I mean, he's still really young. 
but physical at the point of attack. Um, yeah, I think this is a guy that has a has a bright future, and I think is a good fit for, for what you're looking for in this defense. And you're right when you start thinking about kind of what else is there at Parker. Obviously, Jeremiah Beeman is a kid is committed to Alabama, um, but Auburn has continued to recruit. He took an official visit for the Georgia game. He'd been to Auburn multiple times. Then Neem offered as one of the top 20, 25 players in the country back there in the secondary is a big corner uh, that Auburn's had on campus. Um, and so, yeah, um, getting a foot in the door at Parker right now, probably not a bad thing to do if you're Auburn. And, you know, this is a guy that can stand up in his own right. He's a top 247 kid in 2025. So, um, yeah, I think Jordan Crawford's a guy that obviously you, uh, you're you very happy about if you're if you're Jeremy Garrett and those guys to, uh, to add to this class. Yeah, absolutely. Um, let's go to Anthony's question. Again, y'all, if you're in the chat, drop questions. I promise we're working our way through them. Um, also, if my mic sounds good or if it sounds bad, let me know. Didn't realize the last time we did this, it sounded like a I was talking through a potato or a TI-84 calculator um, until people on the board said that the mic quality was really bad. So messed with it a little bit, got a new mic. Hopefully it's good. Uh, but Anthony wants to know what are the chances that Auburn lands LJ McCray? That's the five-star defensive lineman out of Florida, I think mainland Florida. Mm-hmm. Um, he was up for the Georgia game, and he is down to five schools. It's Auburn, Georgia, and then the powerhouse is in Florida, Florida State, Florida, Miami. He will be announcing his commitment on Saturday, I believe, October 21st. I think that's Saturday. Um, and right now, I think Auburn made a move that weekend of the Georgia game. I just don't know if that move was necessarily enough. I think I think Florida State made maybe an even bigger move during his official visit there. Uh, I think it was last weekend. He was there. That was his last visit was Florida mm. State. Uh, Florida has been kind of a mainstay in that recruitment. And Georgia just missed on a guy, um, Aiden Breland, out of California as well. So I think Auburn's definitely in it. I mean, that's obvious. They're in the top five. Um, for me, at 8.42 p.m. on Tuesday, October 17th, I think Auburn is not the team to beat. I think they have some ground to make up, if that's possible, before Saturday. Um, but we'll see. You know, Jason, we've we've had some of these big-time recruitments throughout this Throughout this recruiting cycle with this new staff where things have changed quickly, guys like Kamari on Franklin, KJ Bolden, those obviously did not go Auburn's way, Perry Thompson, Demarcus Riddick, those did go Auburn's way. So we'll see. These big-time recruitments have a way of shifting uh, not only by the day but by the hour. So we'll see. As of right now, it'll be uh, it'll be interesting to track, though. Um, Kevin Barnes, wanted to know, an AU all day as well, wanted to talk about Ryan Williams a little bit. Um, and he you know was mentioning that, He's on the visitor list, the running visitor list that I have over at AuburnUndercover.com. So if you're not over there, definitely make sure to come check us out. Um, he's been on the list for a couple of days now. We've had him for a while. The five-star wide receiver committed to Alabama. We'll be back in Auburn for his second straight Auburn home game. Jason, I think what was interesting to me is you know Alabama, look, he's been to Alabama a bunch. He's visited Alabama a bunch. I think he's been there for every home game that Alabama has played so far this year. But Alabama's also hosting Tennessee this Saturday, um, and he'll be at Auburn. How significant is that? I don't really know. I don't know if it's all that significant, but it, it's noteworthy, I guess I'll say. Yeah, it's noteworthy. I mean, it's a guy that um, obviously has connections to Auburn, um, but because of you know an early visit last year, um, I think he's basically wanting to get more of a feel for Auburn to see what it's like. And um, – I think, you know, probably wouldn't hurt for Auburn to make a few plays in the passing game as well to uh, to show Ryan Williams, hey, 
we can do this, but we need you to, to push it over the top. I mean, obviously he sees a need. I don't think there's any wide receiver that Auburn is recruiting right now that doesn't see a need for them. But I think this one's more about continuing to build that bond with the coaching staff, which is, has grown tremendously uh, really since they stepped on, on, on campus, you know, what it's just been 10 months ago. Um, so it's been a little bit less than a year that they've had a chance to work on him. And, you know, um, so I think you look at it and um, always made up, I think, a lot of ground. Can they make up even more? I think they can. Will it be enough? Who knows? I don't know. But getting back on campus, obviously, um, for a night game um, is is good news for Auburn. He'll, he'll be there and, um, you know, have his, have his teammate there with him, K.J. Lacey, quarterback commitment, who's committed to Texas, planning on being there as well. And so um, that's two pretty good guys if you're talking about, you know, getting those guys on campus uh, out of that 2025 class. Yeah, it's definitely interesting. The, quarter, the 2025 quarterback board – has been something that has frustrated me in a sense because I haven't been able to figure out who's at the top. You know, obviously, George McIntyre um, is a big name to know, the five-star quarterback, who I think is number two in the country um, in the 24-7 sports rankings in terms of quarterbacks, like a top 15 player. So obviously, you know, Auburn really likes him, and he's planning to visit um, for the Iron Bowl. I don't want to say it's a long shot, but you're not really in the top group as of right now. We'll see if things change. So then it's kind of figuring out who – Who's the most realistic target, I guess you could say? Um, Ryan Montgomery, the quarterback out of Ohio, will visit for the Mississippi State game. We've seen Antoine Hill on campus a couple of times, most recently for the Georgia game. Deuce Knight was a name here and there a little bit before committing to Notre Dame. But, Jason, I think what's been interesting has been the development of K.J. Lacey a little bit. Obviously, on campus for the Georgia game, you're going to have a full story on him um, on Wednesday. So don't spoil too much um, after we went there to go and see him play on Friday. But I think some of the things he said was interesting. You know, he was on campus with Ryan for the Georgia game, but they were both back on Sunday. They stayed overnight. And, and the quote that really stuck out to me was he said that that might have been the best part of the visit. Um, and the last Auburn game he was at was Auburn, Arkansas last year, the last game before Brian Harson got fired. Um, and he showed up at halftime. He was a little late. And by that point, Auburn was getting blown out. So I did find it interesting that you know, that opportunity to spend time with the coaches and to break down film was something that really, really stuck out to him. Yeah, you're right, and um, this is a guy that's continued to get bigger and stronger, and it kind of gives you those gives you some Bryce Young vibes a little bit. He's playing on a really really loaded roster, and so he has a chance to kind of survey the field, has plenty of weapons to use, but he's pretty cool and calm back there in the pocket. Uh, I think a guy that has continued to help himself in the eyes of the Auburn coaching staff. I don't think there's any question about that. And so you're right that that you know staying the extra day after that Georgia game being on campus, being able to kind of get that one-on-one time and kind of getting a feel for everyone. I thought that was a big deal for, for both those guys. And, um, you know, we'll see now coming back again. What do you see, you know, from the atmosphere, environment? What do you see from Auburn? All those things um, will, I think, continue to help grow Auburn there. I mean, he's pretty solidly committed to Texas. Um, Texas, um, you know, quarterback coach, um, A.J. Milley was there when we were in Sarah Land uh, last Friday night. To see him and so um obviously they're they're continuing to recruit him really hard but i think it's picked up a, a great deal for auburn and um you know, this is a guy that probably six months ago christian i don't know that we would have said hey auburn's really in the picture for i think auburn is in the picture for for kj lacy right now yeah it's been a it's been an interesting development i think he's really risen the board obviously you know i mentioned george mcintyre is kind of long shot quote unquote i think kj lacy I, I don't know how realistic it is but i think auburn is starting to 
really take a liking to him. Um, and, and he's really good in his own right, but it also doesn't hurt that he's teammates with Ryan, Ryan Williams. Um, and those two are interested in playing together. Obviously Alabama's pitching that as well. So is Texas. It's not like Auburn is the only school doing this, um, but we'll see kind of how things develop. Let's hit some questions here in the chat. One from Jordan Davis. What do you guys think of Brian Taylor, um, the JUCO defensive lineman that will be in officially visiting this weekend? Is he an immediate impact guy? Uh, look, if he's coming from the JUCO ranks and he's a defensive lineman, he probably is. I haven't seen too much of his tape. haven't really watched his huddle too much. That's something that's on my to-do list over the next couple of days before he actually makes it to campus. But look, Jason, we uh, we were even having this debate, I think, during our, our weekly meeting earlier this morning. The D-line might be the biggest need that's still remaining. You know, you've got some guys there in TJ Lindsay, Malik Blockton, and Dimitri Nicholas committed out of high school, but Marcus Harris is going to be gone. You're going to be – this defensive line has struggled throughout the season to generate pressure, and you're going to be losing a lot of it. So not only do you need to get better, you need to get guys as well. Uh, and Brian Taylor out of the JUCO ranks, close friends with Dylan Wade. They grew up together. Definitely could be an immediate impact guy. Jason, he's at least in the mix. You know, if he ends up at Auburn, which I do think is a strong possibility, he's in the mix to compete for immediate impact. Yeah, especially when you consider that when I mean, you look at his size, he's listed at 6'5", 270. Even if he's 6'5", 255 or 6'4", 255, can he play maybe a true defensive end slash Jack linebacker a little bit? Because you're going you're gonna to be without Elijah McAllister. I think Stephen Sings uh, is done with his eligibility as well. And you could have a chance you could get Jalen McLeod back, but you start looking, you've already moved Keldrick Falk inside a defensive end. You would be left with, with Jalen McLeod and um, you know, Brent Williams at, at that spot. Now you could be bringing in some guys that will have a chance to play there um, at that spot as true freshmen, but having a bigger, more physical body to, to add to that mix. And heck, even if it's just to, to, to get him and Keldrick Falk together, you need guys. And so they need guys that can, create pressure, create pass rush, create havoc up front. That means big, athletic, quick-twitch defensive lineman. Ron Taylor could be one of those guys. Uh, here's the thing. All you need to know when you look at him is is look at some of the schools that have offered him, and that's that's normally a telltale sign from a junior college. When you look at um, – you got Georgia on the list, Oklahoma State, Florida. Um, you know, obviously they're in there, but Ole Miss, Oregon, TCU, Tennessee, Utah um, – that's a pretty good group of, of teams. That, That's you know, all you need to know. Yeah, we start talking about defensive linemen. Um, and so Georgia has him on the list, and he's expected to take an official visit to Georgia. Um, to me, that's end of story um, right there. That, that's a guy that you feel like is going to be able to help you. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Explore the weaponization of rap lyrics in the criminal justice system in the new documentary, As We Speak, Rap Music on Trial. Now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Terms apply. Let's see. One from uh, Anthony in the chat. I hope we land uh, the Jamonte Waller that's committed to Florida currently. And that's an interesting one, Jason. You want to keep talking about defensive linemen. 
very interesting build there at Jack linebacker. That's where they're recruiting him. Kind of the, the pitch has been you know, he's a little smaller and undersized, similar to Jalen McLeod. Auburn's kind of saying, you're our Jalen McLeod, but you're better and you'll yeah, be better I mean, like, for us. Yeah, and uh, Jamate Waller, I mean, since we saw him in, what was it, late January, early February yeah. in Atlanta or in Carrollton, Georgia, we're like, okay, this is one of the top players in the country. He's so explosive off the edge. Doesn't have, like I said, doesn't have that big long frame. But Christian, you, you've seen it this year. There's a guy playing for the San Diego Chargers that has a similar build, maybe a little bit bigger, but but played at Buffalo. That's pretty darn good at rushing the passer, yeah. and has been for quite a while in the NFL because of that quickness and explosion. Well, that's what Jamonte Waller has, and and this is a guy that we're talking about people that are committed that are top priority guys. Jamonte Waller is going to be a top priority guy until his name is signed on the dotted line for all. There's no question about it. They're going to continue to recruit him hard. and He would be among the most important guys, in my opinion, if they were to flip. Jamonte Waller would be in the top two or three, for me, of importance if Auburn could could turn a guy like that. He's definitely – I think he's top three for me as well. Um, and that – you know, Bubba was talking in the chat, wanted to know about Jeremiah Beeman. Um, and asking if that if that one is a little more um, likely than LJ McRae, which I would say Jeremiah Beeman seems a little more likely at this point than LJ McRae. But if you're talking top three needs, wants, whatever, guys that are flip guys for Auburn in this class, my top three would be Jamonte Waller, Jeremiah Beeman, Ryan Williams, or Cam Coleman. Yeah. Receiver, D-line, pass rusher. I, yeah, I think he, that would be the main thing. Yeah, three. and if Ron Williams is in 25, we're t- if we're talking about 24, then th- I've got the same three. I think those guys would be the guys, in my opinion, that would be the most impact guys for for this group. And obviously, if you could, you know, offensive line, and, and that's one I wanted to touch on a little bit because we talked a little bit about this morning in our meeting, but, uh, but I think people need to realize what a good job they've done of building the offensive line already. And when you start thinking about transfers, the freshman guys they signed last year, um, yeah, well, you need to sign a few more guys. Yeah, I think they'll sign probably at least three high school guys and maybe bring in a couple more transfers, maybe young guys. But doing what they did last year and bringing in those guys, but adding especially Jaden Muskrat, um, you know, the Northwestern transfer. Too tall. Yes, you got too tall as a junior college guy who I really believe with a year of experience under his belt will be able to slide to left tackle if Dylan Wade were to leave. But Dylan Wade has another year. He could still return. So you got some pieces there. Connor Lou probably slides into center and a guy that I think is have a, is an extremely bright future. So this is an offensive line group that's actually in pretty decent shape. When you start talking about thinking down the line, you want to continue to add to it, and that's always the goal. But, yeah, I think defensive line and, you know, pressure, the explosive defensive line group is – probably need number one right now for this group. Obviously, wide receiver was and is. You've done a pretty good job so far of, of addressing that. Obviously, would love to add you know, one more of those truly elite guys. Let's see. We'll hit this one real quick. Uh, Jeff Posey, can you give a quick review of why Jordan Ross chose Tennessee over A or Bama? From the Auburn side, Auburn didn't really push too heavily. They liked Joseph Phillips a lot, who they've got committed. And then a guy that we just talked about, Jamonte Waller. Those have been the top two uh, Jack linebacker targets, and they just really – Really didn't waver off of that. Yeah, um, really. Really, Alabama did not make a strong push either. Um, yeah. yeah, they're both Auburn, Alabama. I mean, we saw Jordan play basketball. He is athletic and long, and a guy that has a chance to to be a a really good football player. Now, can he be physical enough? I think that's the question for people 
that they're going to have down the line for him. But there's no there's no question the athleticism. But yeah, we you know Auburn Alabama neither one really made a strong push for him after the first few months. Um, mm-hmm. Really, by the time they got to the summertime, they had they had kind of locked in on different targets. Here's an interesting question from Kevin. Um, generally speaking, how receptive are the recruits at home games as opposed to during Malzahn's tenure? Won't even ask to compare to the last guy. Um, and he clarifies as well, saying, meaning is the staff doing a better job selling it? Um, in terms of selling it, I would probably say yes. You know, a lot of people on the board are saying, is the recruiting class going to fall apart? You know, is it over now that they're losing and the season is starting to go downhill a little bit? These guys that committed – they committed to rebuild the program. Perry Thompson and Walker White and Demarcus Riddick, they didn't commit because they thought Auburn was going to compete for the SEC championship this year. They committed because they want to be a part of competing for the SEC championship next year and years down the line. And I think the staff, in terms of Kevin's question, I think they've sold that pretty perfectly. Yeah, we, we, we talked – I won't say who it was, but we talked to a parent of, of a player that Auburn's recruiting. And the words we got were, do you want to go be just another guy or do you want to have a chance to, to be a legend or part of a legendary group? That's what these guys have decided. They decided we want to go be a part of a legendary group that brings it all together. And I think that's been the selling point. Um, yeah, hey, look, it's been done at Auburn before. It'll happen at Auburn again. Why not us? Let's, let's start it. And we've seen that really from the get-go throughout the summer when you're right, when Perry Thompson, you know, when he flips and DeMarcus Riddick flips and, you know, they're getting these guys, you get Joseph Phillips and Michael Simmons and on and on. It was that continuous theme of, Hey, I want to be a part of something special. And I've, I've talked about this time and time again, it's it, that's what it takes to, to go from, uh, we're competitive to boom. Saw it at Alabama, Nick Saban's first year, they were just a competitive team, you know, did not play very well. And in 2008, that signing class changed the direction of the program forever. And that's what Auburn's trying to do now. And they're selling, hey, look, you, we can we can do this. All it takes is you guys coming on board and saying, let's go do it. Um, yeah, the, these guys weren't committing because Auburn beat New Mexico State and Sanford. And yes. Cal, I mean, they, yes. they were already committed before this ever started. And they knew the pains. They knew the struggles that were coming um, because Auburn showed them, hey, look, we got needs. I, I don't think this has been a surprise to any of those guys. Um, yeah, so I, I I think this recruiting class is fine. And, you're, yeah, no question about it. These guys have sold it. Um, the receptiveness, the work they put in, it's it's been, you know, uh, way over the top. Here's two quarterback questions. We'll start to wrap up and get the last uh, little questions here that are still left in the chat. Um, one from Anthony about um, Jason, what are your thoughts on how freeze is handling the current quarterback situation? Um, and I'll pair that one up with uh, this question as well as the 2024 quarter starting quarterback on the roster right now Two, the second one's a tough question to answer. It, it is. A lot uh, unknown, but yeah, I, I, I would think that the quarterback is on the roster right now. It's, it's hard to imagine um, that Walker White would come in and be a starter as a true freshman, even though we've seen that happen before. It's hard to imagine that would be the case right away. It's also hard to imagine that with these guys on board, Robbie Ashford's already transferred. Um, Peyton Thorne's already transferred. 
I, I don't know that Holden Garner is going anywhere. Uh, I think he likes Auburn. He's going to get another shot based on what we've seen this season. I don't know that you're going to go out and get another transfer guy. To me, that's the only way that, that you would probably have another starting quarterback. I am not saying it won't happen. I just don't feel like that's the case right now. But um, a lot of that's going to depend on the last six games of this season uh, and what happens with this offense, too, because it's not over. I mean, we're just we're at the halfway point of the regular season for this team. And there's a lot of things that can happen now as you move forward. And the interesting thing for me is, and, and I'll get back to the original question about how they handle the quarterbacks. The interesting thing is going to be is if, if they get to going tempo again, because that's how this offense is designed to be run. That's how it runs the best. When you kind of basically you take the defense out of their comfort zone going, okay, we just got to line up. Defense can't be real exotic if you're going fast. They just got to figure out what they're doing and line up. Um, that's how Ole Miss has been successful. LSU at times has, has done that, been successful. Um, and that's how this offense is designed to be run. They have not done that trying to protect the defense. Hugh Freeze has made no bones about it. Going, Look, we needed to help because we don't have much depth on that side of the ball. It worked against Texas A&M. You just did a terrible job of executing the offense. It kept you where you need to be. You got, you're throwing in the end zone with a chance to, to be right there in the fourth quarter. Um, absolutely worked against Georgia. I mean, you're, you did exactly what you needed to do to have a chance to win that game. Didn't work against LSU. It was it, it did not work against LSU. You go out and have two, three and outs. Um, terrible start on the road. You're down 17, nothing. The game's over with. That was that's it. You're, this team's not made to, to catch up and do those things. I do wonder when the tempo will, will kick in. Will it be this weekend? I mean, Ole Miss can, can score with the best of them, and they want to go fast. Don't know that Auburn wants to get into a true shootout, but I think it's we saw it Saturday night against LSU. The best they played the entire night was getting in rhythm and doing some tempo throws. Peyton Thorne let them on a scoring drive. Robbie Ashford let them on a scoring drive for a field goal, and then Peyton Thorne let them on another scoring drive that Robbie finished off. Those were when they got going a little bit more tempo. Both all those drives were around two and a half, three minutes long. Um, I think that if you can do more of those things get more comfort from, hey, we saw Camden Brown and, um, you know, Caleb Burton, get Javaris Johnson back, get Jay Fair going, Rivaldo Fairweather, now you got Brandon Frazier. Find some reliable guys at wide receiver that can start help you making plays. Then all of a sudden you see if you can get a little rhythm going on offense. To me, you do that, then we'll figure out, you know, what the quarterback position looks like. But um, I think there's still a lot of football left to be played for this team. Let's do some quick hitters to end it. Uh, one from Dexter, thoughts on, um, he meant to say, Bradley Shaw. Haven't heard a whole lot about him. He hasn't visited yet. Seems like Auburn feels pretty comfortable with DJ Barber and Demarcus Riddick. Um, and then the guys that they like is Jack Linebackers. Obviously, Joe Phillips committed and Jamonte Waller we already talked about. Hard to tell. He doesn't really talk at all. Um, but it seems like Arkansas has kind of made a little bit of a move there. So we'll have to see. Um, Anthony, again, are we looking at any more running backs besides Fat Burnett for 2024? Yes. Really hope we land Alvin Henderson for 2025. Look, I think whenever Alvin Henderson decides it's time to commit, I think Auburn's going to be really, really hard to beat there. Um, I was messaging with him earlier this week. I guess that was yesterday. Um, he said, yeah, I've got my homecoming dance um, on Saturday, so I can't make it up. But I might uh, I might just drive up earlier in the day and you know, spend some of game day with the coaches and just get to experience that a little bit um, before in the head back. That, that tells you all you need to know about his interest in Auburn. As for the 2024 running backs, We've seen Clemson running back commit. 
David Eziomume. I'll go with that pronunciation. I'm going to let you have that one. Yeah. <laughs> He's been there for the last two home games. That seems like the one that Auburn is working the most. Uh, but Kevin Riley, the Miami commit from Tuscaloosa County, is definitely still a name to monitor. It's really those two. Look, every running back on Auburn's roster still has eligibility um, after this year. Obviously, Jeremiah Cobb is just a freshman. Then you've got Brian Batiste still has time left. Damari Alston still has time left. And Jarquez Hunter does as well. And Sean um, Jackson, of, guy that they you, like to. So, yeah, you, yeah. Have, you have five running backs returning next year. Yeah, so they're being very selective um, about the uh, second running back position if they do opt to take one. Look, we've, we've seen how well Brian Batiste so far has seemingly kind of worked out. They don't need to take a second high school running back necessarily, but if one of those guys, um, David Eziomume or Kevin Riley, is interested in flipping, I think they'd be willing to take either right. one of those guys. Uh, last question we'll hit here from Larry. How was the energy level with the kids this week so far in practice? Jason, we were at practice earlier today. We had interviews with the players earlier today as well. I, I, I think overall it's it's pretty good. Yeah, it's been good. I you know I think it's it's completely different energy from from two sides of the ball offense is okay let's get it going because we're tired of this and and i think we could we heard that from Valdo fairweather we've heard it from others going look we know we're better than what we're showing defensively it's you know hey that that that's that's not what we are um i think i think when they watched the film when he free hey when he freeze pulled no punches and said look i i i didn't i didn't see the effort i needed to see I think we mentioned it. I think seventeen nothing on the road in that environment, knowing that offense on the other side. I think it deflated that Auburn team pretty quickly. And and now they they came back and made a few, you know, made a couple of runs and got stops. Just could never get back in the game really. And I think that probably had as much to do with it as anything. But um, I think the energy level was really good. It 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 helps when you get Keontae Scott and and uh, Austin Keys back on on the defensive side of the ball. Um, we'll see how much they're able to go if you know if they get out there Saturday and they say yeah you're you're good to go how much can that help this team no question it helped the energy level because uh, is a huge energy guy well and, and Austin Keys is too that's a guy that we saw you know in in preseason when it when he wasn't working with the defense he was over there one on one hitting the sled and doing some things <laughs> you know I like a, those are two guys that are football guys and getting them back on the field would be a big deal for a defense that needs a He's a little spark right now. Um, now it doesn't help your pass rush a whole lot in terms of defensive linemen, but it helps when you can now put Keontae Scott in coverage and then send Donovan Kaufman. That's been one of the biggest deals for this team. Donovan Kaufman's a really good blitzer for this team, but they couldn't send him because they didn't have anybody else in coverage. Yep. He was having to play more coverage stuff. Now you're able to start sending those guys again and send a Eugene Asante a little bit more because you've got an extra cover guy. Uh, maybe to fill in some of the gaps, it, you know. So we'll see how much Keontae's ready to go, Austin Keys if they're ready to go for real. But they were in white jerseys, so uh, yeah, that would obviously be a big boost for this team and, and give them, I think, a pretty good energy boost going to Saturday night. Definitely would. Um, if you guys are not, I think we'll wrap it up there. If you're not over at AuburnUndercover.com, make sure to check us out over there. Um, for everybody that was in the chat asking questions and everything, really, really appreciate it. Definitely make sure to come check us out on YouTube and subscribe as well. It's totally free. It doesn't cost you anything to subscribe on YouTube. Um, and y'all will be able to see the uh, different videos we have, different podcasts we do, the live podcasts like these where you guys can ask us questions. Um, so really appreciate everybody that was here. If you're listening on Google, Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast, appreciate it as well. 
Um, hopefully you guys enjoyed and we will catch you guys in the next one. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast wherever you get your podcasts.